This episode is brought to you by E3, the champion formula. So if you are looking for a nutrition aid for endurance events, you might want to check out E3. E3 is a Perth-based business, and I have personally used E3 whilst running ultramarathons. I've used this on the Ultra Trail Australia 100k race. I've used this during the Leadville 100 miler, and I've also been using it for the last couple of years during long distance swims. Now, for those of you who may have had E3 before, it's back and back with a bang. We have a discount code for you today as well if you would like to avail of this for Sleep for Performance listeners. The discount code is WANS0001. Now this will give you 5% off your one kilo bag of E3, the champion formula. This discount, or the money's collected from this discount, goes straight to the Type 1 Diabetes Family Centre here in Perth, Western Australia. You may remember a number of months ago, I had Beck Johnson on from the Type 1 Diabetes Family Centre. So all of the money raised from these discounts goes straight to that centre. So that's a great organisation if you'd like to support them. So that's E3, the champion formula. Now, if you want to get your hands on a bag of that E3, you can head over to Fuel for Sport. That's the number four sport, like Sleep for Performance where you can order your bag today and apply that discount code. So that's fuelforsport.com.au and the guys over there will sort you out with a couple of bags of this and have it delivered to your home, to your office or wherever you hang out during the day. And um, if you scroll down there, you might want to have a look because I've just found out today that uh, my ugly mug is sitting on the E3 Champion Formula website. So, um, yeah. There you go. So check out E3 Champion Formula and apply that discount code. That's W-A-N-S-0-0-0-1 and get your 5% off your one kilo bag today. Welcome back to Sleep for Performance Radio. We have a special episode here before we close out 2019. This man is back on for his third time. I was going to say thrice. Uh, I wanted to sound fancy, but I couldn't. Jason Donaldson. Jason has been on numerous times too. This is his third time. <laughs> so um, Jason um, is back on today to talk about um, what he's been working on in 2019, how we can manage our health and fitness over the Christmas period, and more importantly, how we can kick off 2020 with a bang. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Until next time, sleep well. Today I'm joined by again by the great Jason Donaldson for his third time on the podcast. Jason is a repeat offender, three years in a row, one of our most downloaded podcasts, one of our most uh, sought-after guests. <laughs> so, yeah. And he still can't use a microphone. Turn your head into that microphone, Jason. Sorry. Just kind of trying to be cool, hanging off to the side. So we're... <laughs> I see. We're going to close out this year's uh, season of Sleep for Performance with Jason like we did last year. So Jason, end of nine, 20, I was going to say 1999, <laughs> the end of <laughs> 20, year, 20 years off. Get away from that war ball dog. <laughs> Jason has a new dog here. It's like a cross between a pig and a dog. <laughs> what sort of dog is that? American Bulldog crossed with an American Staffy. American Bulldog crossed with an American Staffy? Yeah, that, that just means he's going to be big. He's going to be big. <laughs> Get down, Canadian. Um... So, Jason, what's been happening in 2019 for you? Uh, good question. 
<laughs> I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone what's been happening for the rest Who of the year. Who am I? Who's there? <laughs> I've slept since then. Um, uh, a lot, I suppose. Um, it's, it's hard when you're doing things every day and you kind of lose track of what actually you've done throughout the year, I suppose. So one of the biggest um, things I've seen you probably do under the PSE umbrella, power speed yep. endurance, and you've been probably most prolific on this year, is uh, off the back of one of our last uh, guests last year, Mr. Wilson. Uh, you've been working on the breath work. Yep. And that's something I, I see a kind of, I wouldn't say pushing, but really kind of promoting this year mm. and also promoting breath work around with exercise. So yep, for those definitely. who may not listen to that last episode or um, may, un, may be un, unfamiliar with this, what, what exactly are we talking about when you talk about breath work? Uh, really just about consciously using your breath to um, manage the demands of an activity or to manage your state, um, your mental state. Um, so there's a lot of applications for breath work, but it's, it's more so, you know, we breathe automatically. You know, it's taken care of by our autonomic nervous system, but you can also take conscious control of your breath and you can, get some, you can do some pretty cool things when you do learn how to take conscious control of your breath. So, you know, I've been playing with breath and, and breath work for probably three or four years now. Um, and, and, you know, the more you do it, the more you learn about it, the more you get involved in it, the more you apply it to various things. Um, you know, and the more you start telling others about it, coaching others about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest, um, it seems, in the performance world at the moment in breath work and that the, um, the results that you can get from taking conscious control of your breath uh, and then the changes that can take place as well. So there's a lot of application for it. And we breathe anyway, so you might as well kind of learn a bit about it and uh, <laughs> learn about the cool things you can do with it. it. It is interesting because I find personally, and I've said this before in other conversations, that sort of as my knowledge increases or my personal application for different sports, whether it's long-distance running, jiu-jitsu or swimming, one of the things that I always find that after a specified period of time, once I get past the kind of, let's say, the technique, the, the skill acquisition phase, yep. once I get kind of uh, comfortable with my skill, whether it be jiu-jitsu, swimming, long distance running, once I kind of know I can do it to a certain level, then I have to really start focusing on the breath. Now, in the last year, I've obviously been doing a lot of swimming mm. and I've gone the other way. I've actually consciously tried to focus on the breath yeah. before I've been doing the skill acquisition. And the reason being, probably jiu-jitsu was the biggest learning for me because I would find myself getting into this panic state. Probably because I, I think different than cycling, running, or any other activity, lifting weights, in jiu-jitsu, you got someone actually, like technically, air quotes, attacking you, yeah. even though people are pretty gentle, really, yeah, for in, at a good school, you know, they're not really going to hurt you. So you kind of get this extra kind of sense of panic. Mm. So you have to really try to focus your breath because if you can't get your breath in, you can't think. And if you can't think, you can't fight. And if you can't fight, you lose, right? Correct. So that, yep. kind, of, that yep. kind of, you know, path to demise. Whereas in swimming over the last year or so, I've really tried to focus on relaxing my, my sort of breathing and my, my um, I suppose, my, my state of panic. Hmm. And even more so in the water because you can't take a breath whenever you want to. So you have to no. be very strategic about your breath. So you're nearly forced to focus on your breath. And then when you get the breath right, you focus on the technique. So I've kind of gone both ways. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is thing is with swimming, the consequences of not breathing correctly is you're going to swallow some water. <laughs> Which is absolutely <laughs> and, horrible. And you could go down. So that's, that's why I always talk about um, with things like running, lifting weights, um, any, any of those other sorts of sports where you're on dry land, 
the consequences of doing it poorly are really just poor performance. Um, you're not going to drown. Yeah. Um, you know, jiu-jitsu, if you're not in control of your thoughts and, and your actions, if you lose control because you panic, because you're not in control of your breathing, then you're going to get choked out or you're going to get, you know, your, your shoulder popped out or, mm. or whatever. You're going to get into a, a position that you don't want to be in. So the consequences of not keeping your head in those situations, swimming or, or BJJ, are fairly dire, <laughs> or they're immediate at least, whereas you can tend to get away with um, you know, poor breathing, poor technique when it comes to things like running and that sort of stuff. And the, the consequences don't really turn up for, for, for possibly a number of months, number of years. You know, it's like that's why running has such a high injury rate. People don't, or don't necessarily link the injury to the action or the skill or the technique of running. You know, they might might run with poor technique and it's that chronic um, you know chronic poor technique over time that leads to the injury it's not an acute injury yeah 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 so that and that's you know likewise with the breathing um, but when you when you do kind of put the breathing first um, that will that will be everything else will kind of fall into place a bit easier as in if you're not breathing correctly you can't you can't think correctly as you as you said um, and you find that if you're breathing you lose control of your breathing, you lose control of your position as well, so how your, your, your body's positioned, um, particularly in you look at things like running. If people start to, their jaw drops open and they're kind of gasping for air, everything else will kind of drop as well. They'll lose that, that good kind of upright posture, um, same as in weightlifting or whatever mm. it might be. If you start, if you lose control of your breath, everything else will, you can't execute your skills. So do you know, or is there a kind of a recommended breaths per minute, like a number of breaths you can do per minute that's like, oh, that's a good range? Well, I mean, the, there's there's a range at rest, so like a, an average respiration rate, and I think it's around that 10 to 14 breaths per minute is an average respiration so one rate four seconds. At, at rest. Yeah. yeah, but when it comes to, obviously, your respiration increases as your stress increases, I mean, whether that be that stress through your thoughts, just sitting around and... and having uh, anxious thoughts and that's going to increase your respiration rate or whether that's through something like sport you know when you're exercising your respiration will obviously increase as well because it has to so the dog just came over here with the bone that he was clacking further away <laughs> to come over here right beside me to make a clacking right beside me it's actually a deer antler oh, it's a deer antler is deer it antler, yeah it might be used as a weapon now in a minute don't be looking at me like 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 it's some sort of game i'm going to take that off him Look at him. He's got uh, he's got plenty of toys to play with. But he had to pick the noisy one. Yeah, of course. So it's interesting you say about how, with stress, even just sitting there with your thoughts, because if you if anybody works in an office or open plan, there's always that one person that sits at their desk going. <sighs> yep. <sighs> and they constantly do this because they're working on something that's stressful or whatever. Yep. Listen, dog, get down. This podcast isn't about you. Don't be wagging your tail. I'm not taking you home. I'm leaving. Don't be looking at me. I've got no treats for you. Get down. Put a puppy in your podcast. You're going to get more downloads. Okay, put, this dog is going to be the picture of this podcast. Oh, you're so cute, aren't you? Looking at me like that. I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. Stop. Down, people Dougie. are listening. There's people in America listening to this. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. That even you don't have to be physically active for that breath to kind of get out of control or get that panic stare. Yeah, well, there's... I was reading something a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's actually a thing called email apnea. So apnea is like a breath hold. 
Oh. And they found that people's resp- you know, and, and resp- people's respiration rate actually changes when they're doing different activities, um, well, as in um, mental activities. Yeah, yeah. And they found that when people are checking email or reading through emails, they can they tend to hold their breath. You know that's interesting. I do that when I'm doing spreadsheets. When I'm mm. doing data pivot tables. I'm like, <gasps> yep. People and people hold their breath, like waiting for that, like that thing to calculate or spin or do something. Like yeah, I even do it myself. Yep. Yeah. So staring at your phone all the time, staring at a computer screen, it will will actually affect your respiration rate particularly when you're not aware of it and is there any we were talking before the podcast about kind of rhythms and timing over days is there anything where breath is worse or better at certain times of the day does it follow a rhythm where it might peak and trough or you're more relaxed or more stressed possibly but not that i'm not that i'm aware of i haven't Mm. um haven't read anything about that but that might be something to dive into not to self Run study on breathwork. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it probably is. You know, to do with your circadian rhythm and, and all that sort of stuff as well. I'm sure there's there's probably a change in, in your breath rate throughout the day. Yeah, or even on a day like today where it's really hot as well. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Because def- I mean, the, the heat yeah. is a heat is a, a form of stress. So your respiration rate is going to be affected by that. Yeah. Same as sitting in a sauna. So so this year, Jason, as well, you've been kind of um, you know posting some information about weightlifting or exercise with breath so last year you were talking a lot about just breath on and so on now it's in the combination with exercise yep so what's the benefit or what sort of things can people well, i suppose first of all what kind of things can people do when they're doing like let's say lifting weights running or whatever it might be and what's the benefit of that then under performance or even recovery yep um well for a start practice exercising with your mouth shut so one you don't swallow flies um <laughs> but two just breathing in and out through the nose and the thing is it's going to be difficult to start with because you know your nostrils are a much smaller airway than opening your mouth and getting a whole heap of air in mm. there's a, a number of benefits to breathing in through your, or um breathing through your nose inhale and exhale through the nose um you know things like um it activates the diaphragm more because of the smaller airways you're getting some resistance there and you're getting more you're going to be using your diaphragm a bit more i think it's something like 20 percent yeah um you're going to be you can you actually get nitric oxide release from the paranasal sinuses nitric oxide is a gas um from the sinuses it's a vasodilator so it's going to dilate your blood vessels uh, it sterilizes the air that's coming in so if you're sitting on a plane or in an office really good idea to be breathing in out through your nose um, you know, and your nose all already has some immune function there as well with the cilia, the mucous membranes. There's a study as well that um, talks about, um, uh, I can't remember what they call it off the top of my head, but certain things that are released from the nasal cavities or from the sinuses when you breathe through your nose um, and, uh, and that help with immunize, uh, immune benefits, uh, sterilising the air that is it comes through. Uh, and it also, obviously, when you're breathing through your nose, it warms and humidifies the air as well, and your lungs like warm, humid air. So breathing through your nose, um, the other thing that you don't do when you breathe in and out through your nose is you don't exhale as much carbon dioxide, and you need to retain some carbon dioxide in your body so that you utilise oxygen um, to as much as you can um, because oxygen is only released from um, the blood or from the haemoglobin um, into the tissues in the presence of carbon dioxide so if you exhale too much carbon dioxide you're over breathing and you're blowing off too much co2 then your oxygen utilization is going to drop you might still have high oxygen saturation levels in your blood but you actually need that oxygen in your tissues 
you know, muscles, brain, organs, that sort of thing. This is very interesting because about a month ago in a swimming clinic on a Sunday, I actually figured out from the coach. I was like, she went, didn't you know that? And I was like, no, I didn't because I'm not an expert swimmer. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but anyway, it was basically when I was breathing out or exhaling under the water, I was exhaling through my mouth. Yep. And I was forcing it out. Yep. Like I was nearly like power exhaling under the water. So yep. in freestyle or front crawl, whatever you want to call it. Um, which I didn't know until recently. And that was the Australian front crawler, the Australian, Australian crawl. crawl. It. it was invented by Australians. That's it. We invented a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good for a guy that's not really Australian. Um, <laughs> good claim there, Jason. Um, anyway. Um, so... I was exhaling under the water, but I was dumping it. And then when I would take a breath every three strokes, I had this gasping effect, like, <gasps> yeah. to try and, like, suck it in. And because, again, getting back to breath work, but I thought, like, that was a lot better than last year. Hmm. So now what I've been concentrating on is kind of tucking my chin back, like making a double chin yep. to get a bit more, you know, flatter back and also better for buoyancy. And because my neck is, what's the technical term? Fucked. Um, <laughs> I've been exhaling through my nose. Yep. And it's far more controlled. And when I take the breath, either because like, I bilaterally breathe, that's yep. two sides, um, <laughs> left or <laughs> Which right. Which I can't do when I swim. <laughs> well, I can do it, no bother. And it's far more controlled. And oh. so my speed has actually increased now as well. But more yep. importantly, I'm far more relaxed in the pool. And when I finish the session, I don't have this like crazy, like nearly vibrating I used to have before I get out of the pool like I'd be like I'd be like stressed for hours afterwards for now it's like okay that was a good session I can stop and I'm starting to kind of like with that skill acquisition but also with the breath work Mm. it's easier to recover and then you're sort of building upon that base so it's very interesting to talk about that because that's what I've been doing for the last two to three weeks and it's been a massive improvement for me it's funny isn't it how take control of one small thing like the breath and it completely changes your experience and it completely changes your performance as well and that's and that's what we're we're trying to educate people in because most people go, yeah, but I breathe every day, you know. Why do I need to learn how yeah, to breathe? Yeah, it can It's like, yeah, but the thing is, we don't necessarily breathe well or correctly. We tend to, you know, over breathe, as in breathe more than what we actually need to be breathing. And by you exhaling forcefully under under the water, you're over breathing. You're blowing off too much carbon dioxide. Um, and that's going to obviously affect how you use, how you utilise oxygen. Yeah. Um, but when you take control of that and you're, you're exhaling slowly out through your nose, you're in much more control of that. You're blowing off a lot less carbon dioxide, so you're retaining more in your body, um, which means you're using the oxygen a lot better. And that's what's fueling your performance is the oxygen. So if you're not utilising that well, you're not going to be performing well. Do you, do you think, Jason, that when like you know where people go to yoga? meditation the Wim Hof method become kind of evangelical about it do you think because oh. they've got such a massive benefit through focusing on their breath and releasing stress from their body that it's such a big jump from them that they're like they're nearly like high off it yeah I'm possibly I mean you get that in everything you know it's like you see those memes like how do you know someone's a crossfitter don't worry, they'll tell you. Or how do you know someone's <laughs> vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. You know, it's, it's, it's the same with same with everything. You know, people get such wait, amazing. Now, wait, now you run the CrossFit bandwagon yourself, for a yeah, 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 definitely. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, and I still still CrossFit. You know, you, if, you know you, if you can call it that. Um, but yeah, you know, so what I mean is, it's the same with anything. Any, anyone that gets good results from someone, they're yeah. going to become a um, a bit evangelical about it. Uh, they want to tell everyone about it, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. So I mean, the thing is. 
breath work's been done in yoga for you know centuries you know for thousands of years you know it's, it's nothing new um, i think that bikram guy invented it yeah <laughs> you invented something i'm not sure it was that though um, <laughs> court cases <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean breath work's been around for, for eons you know it's it's not like we've suddenly developed breath work you know yeah, it's yeah. uh it's just we modern life doesn't really um doesn't really help us be as healthy as we can be you know all the convenience of modern life um you know like i said before sitting on computers staring at screens things that actually change our natural behaviors um are going to have some effect on what we would automatically do like breathing um and it's, it's not until you then learn to take control of that again uh that you notice the difference mm. it's like anything you don't know what you don't know yeah and i also i also think that there's a number of things that are just core to everything such as breathwork's a classic example it's core to life it's applicable or core to your work your exercise your relationships yep like everything yeah just like diet nutrition is as well and obviously you can flex that then diet nutrition for you know body composition or aesthetics you can do um diet nutrition for performance and i think the same with breath work as well but at the end of the day they're kind of these core elements Mm. sleep's another one as well these kind of core things that you do need to do in your life and you can manipulate them or change them over time so and like you say you're going to do it regardless so why not do it to the best of your ability? Might as well or learn or how to optimise it, optimize it and get yeah. the most out yeah. of it. Yep, definitely. And, you know, movement's another one. You know, we're, we're designed to move. If we don't move, you know, things start, bad things start happening to our bodies, um, to our minds and that sort of thing as well, you know. And with breath work, you know, people are always asking us, you know, oh, how do I learn this method or what, you know, what's what method should I learn to do this or what method should I learn to do that? And... We actually prefer to educate people on the principles of breath work, you know, as in things like shut your mouth, breathe in and out through your nose, learn how to control that. It's not saying you have to breathe through your nose all the time because when, you know, when you're swimming, for instance, no good trying to take a breath in through your nose. It's not going to work very well. <laughs> your nose is not a good water filter. Uh, and when you're, when you're exercising at a high intensity, you need to open your mouth to either blow off carbon dioxide or get you more oxygen. But... So there's, there's certain principles, and it's not a matter of us, you know, sitting down and going right. You need to breathe like, take a five second inhale, five second hold, five second exhale, mm. five second exhale hold. You know, that might have a certain effect on someone, and it might have a certain effect on someone else. So it's not about um, particular methods. It's about okay, what are the principles, and how can I then play with those and you know find some some protocols that work for me you know like if i sit in the sauna in the in the morning after i've had a swim you know i might do a four second inhale four second hold 12 second exhale but you know that's in a sauna uh it's my breathing rate it'd be hard to do anything longer than that you know sometimes i'll go a six six um you know 24 um but it's that same same sort of ratio with that prolonged exhale but that works for me and somebody who might have a high level anxiety they might have poor co2 tolerance as in they they can't hold their breath for very long they can't um they're not very tolerant of that build-up of carbon dioxide in their body they're not going to be able to do a long long exhale like that so some someone like that might have to do a two second inhale two second hold you know 
six second exhale mm. or four second exhale or whatever it might be um, so the one protocol is not going to work for everybody you know there's some some principles like you know slowing down your breath it tends to have a calming effect speeding up your breath tends to heighten arousal you know in, increase arousal so and what i like about this is whoever's listening today whoever hears this like you just said you can do it while through an email you can do it sitting on the bus walking to work yeah. even on a scooter <laughs> you can do it on whatever you want like you can do it whenever you want can, you can do it driving the car can, can do it sitting here sitting on a podcast here. yeah <laughs> I'm really conscious of my breath now. I've also <laughs> eaten a ton of food as well before this, so I'm like, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting. So, um, can you just describe, Jason, this kind of uh, your own personal protocol you've been doing in the morning? Because you're kind of combining some aqua activities plus <laughs> some breathing protocols in the sauna. So, can you give us a little bit of an idea of this ritual or routine you might be doing a couple of times a week? Yeah. So, my my basic morning routine. Uh, so I go and I go and swim first thing in the morning. Uh, I do this every weekday um, in the pool about 6 a.m. Um, I'll swim anywhere from 500 to 1500 meters, um, so nothing crazy. Um, typically, it's closer to 500 than 1500. <laughs> it just depends how I feel, <laughs> and I never know what I'm going to do until that particular day. And I'm in the water and I start yep. rolling the arms over because I'm not training for anything. I'm just moving. Um, and I, I like getting in the water first thing in the morning. It's just it's a good way to get going in refreshing. the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I go and jump in the sauna, and I usually spend anywhere from ten to twenty-five minutes in the sauna. Again, just based on feel. Uh, and in the sauna, uh, I just focus on my breath. So I might start off when I go into the sauna by doing I'll do twenty breaths. I'll just count backwards from twenty, um, and just twenty, nineteen, eighteen on the breaths, and that takes however long it takes. Um, usually, you know, probably about two and a half, three minutes because I'll just keep slowing the breath down as I'm going through that, those 20. And then I might do the, um, the protocol like a 4-4-12 a uh, or a 5-5-15. Five, five, um, generally, it's that kind of 1-1-3 uh, one, one, ratio. Um, and that's just calming the breath down and I'll just sit in the sauna for however long um, and, and do that. And so you do that every week there? Yep, doing that every weekday. And what, where do you find personally has been the benefit for you? Is that more about setting you like a good setup for the day? Is it good for stress reduction? Yeah. Or performance? Or I find it's just a good good way to start my day. Um, kind of like bookends my day because I'll, I'll do a breath protocol um, before I go to bed at night as well. I'll just, just do some breath work before bed, read a, uh, read a novel. And then, I'm, and then I'm out that's my bedtime routine so I have my morning routine my bedtime routine that kind of bookend my days yeah, yeah. and I find any, any days that that routine gets interrupted in the mornings I, I find my days a little bit uh, tends to be a little bit unstructured or a little bit unfocused when I don't have that routine because I'll also after I've had the sauna I'll um, have a shower get changed um, grab, a, grab a hot drink like a coffee or something and then sit down and I'll, I'll read for 10 to 20 minutes whatever book I'm reading at the time you know, a non-fiction book um, generally in whatever field, field I'm kind of mm. interested in at the time and then I'll write as well for about 10 minutes um, just whatever pops into my head um, stuff that no one will ever read you know <laughs> But oh, oh, look, <laughs> I, I write a notebook too, and if someone finds it, I'm getting locked up. <laughs> I'm getting locked up. The only thing that's missing out here is drones. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, that's just that's just the routine. And um, what 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 I do notice from uh, the swimming every morning is that 
Um, I've had I've had a lot of shoulder injuries over the years from playing Australian rules football. Um, I actually broke my collarbone earlier this year, um, dislocated shoulders before that sort of thing. Um, and previously, I've had quite a bit of shoulder pain, um, but haven't had that since I've been swimming every morning. So it's uh, it's been good, and generally get a little bit of back pain that sort of thing as well, like ninety five percent of the population. <laughs> but swimming every morning seems to have uh, seems to look after that too. Haven't had any issues with that. Want to hear a crazy shoulder story? <laughs> so, if it involves your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 which you know too well. Mobility so, of granite. Yeah, apparently yeah. <laughs> rubble, apparently rubble chiropractic. Um, so last year, obviously, which I've spoken about, I think, in this podcast before, or anybody who listens, <laughs> I obviously wrecked my, my neck and it's had some issues with around sort of C3 to 5 and took a big break from Jiu-Jitsu last year and then really went heavy on swimming because of the low impact. Anyway, got got deep into yoga, especially I was talking to Rob Wilson last mm. year. I got deep into yoga for months, going like two, three, sometimes four times a week. Had massive like improvement in mobility, felt great, everything. And then this year, work went gangbusters. Lots of travel, the business mm. was growing, and sort of, I was my priority was really around swimming. And then I was in Sweden this year on holidays in September before going to a conference in Vancouver, and so we're in around Scandinavia. So oh, let's go to jujitsu, young. 20 year old guy smashes me into the mat I land right on my shoulder on the tip and it's been really sore ever since can't even sleep on the left hand side so the other day I decided it's time to go back to yoga I'll go back to yoga surprised myself went in actually and went I'm just going to focus on my breath mm. and whatever I do I do I'm not going to beat myself up I just need to stay in here for the 40 to 50 it was one hour sorry stay in here for the one hour that's all I need to do that's my goal stay in here and breathe if I can stay in and not leave yep. I'll be happy did all the postures. It was great. Didn't take a break. Felt great. But I'm one of the kind of um, the the flows from downward dog lowering my body down. My shoulder went and I went, oh, that feels really good actually. It's kind of weird but it's good. And then I felt this little kind of weird thing, thing in it. And now my shoulder is like our place. A little bit higher than the other one. Yeah. However, my range of motion has improved. So like, <laughs> it's really weird. So last week, last week I could really get my heart to here. So I'm holding my hand over my head and it's sticking out. I'm basically trying to do like a Superman pose, but I can't. One arm is vertical and the other arm then is out like 10 to 15 degrees from my head. But after I crunch my shoulder, it can come back. Go on the way back. <laughs> so how weird is that? But if when you look at it, there's a big step on it. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it's really odd. And I'd swim last night, the coach was going, what happened to your shoulder? Yeah, that's, I like, that I think it's step like, could be like an AC joint issue. Yeah, so I think the the guy yesterday who who does my massage was is actually a qualified osteo as well from yeah. south america and he goes it's like a you know, like a type of dislocation where the ligament underneath so it kind of floats so he's like technically it's a dislocation he says but i get oh, that's what I, what I would call it but i get it checked out it's the ligaments underneath that being damaged from probably that fall a few months ago yeah but it's interesting that it clicked and clunked and actually feels there's a pain in a different area but my range of motion's improved <laughs> and last night my swimming was brilliant <laughs> So I don't know whether it's going to just fall off yeah. <laughs> or whether it's going to stay intact. Yeah. So speaking about crazy shoulders. It's probably been, probably been just holding itself in a position for That's a little while and then and it's it just, just, just clinked that gone. movement's taken it out of that position. Yeah. yeah. But you know what was interesting about yoga the other day, actually, because I do enjoy yoga. I just didn't have the time because I was traveling so much. And like I say, my priority was... Um, because I'm doing the rottenness solo next year, my priority is about swimming. So that's my kind of mm. hierarchy of if I'm pushed to anything, I'm going to be doing my swimming. But going in there, focusing, the dog's asleep. Shh. <laughs> going in there and focusing on my breath and moving through my body, I realized how 
tight and crunched up it is on one side from that shoulder injury yeah. through my side down through my ribs down through my hip and everything and even one session like getting back to your point about movement and breath it's mm. amazing how good I felt after even after getting like weeks of massage and physio I still feel like this euphoric feeling from yoga I don't want to get evangelical about yoga because yeah. you know but for me at my stage in my life with all the injuries I've had and all the issues it's absolutely it's, it's starting to kind of come up to hierarchy and of importance for me yeah you know, yeah, I think definitely. now swimming, yoga are going to start over, have overtaken running, weights, jujitsu. It's kind of slightly shifting. Yeah, and I, th- I think you, as as we age, not like you know we're the same age, not like we're old, but um, but as as you <laughs> age, and you need to rearrange, you know, what you do. Um, you know, I, I, you know, as I mentioned, I broke my collarbone this year because I went back to playing Australian rules football. You know, after twenty years of not playing, but I still thought I was like. You know, in my early twenties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was bizarre sometimes because I'd take off like on a sprint, and I'd be like, "Come on!" Like <laughs> I was like about two or three meters slower than what I, you know, than what I <laughs> thought I was. You know, or I'd, or I'd try and jump to take a mark, and I'd just get off the ground, and I'd be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but in have, your head, like you jumped ten feet. Things have changed, like Wonder Woman. And you know, breaking my collarbone, I just dived to take a mark and and rolled, which I've done you know countless times before without a single issue but just didn't quite land it right and landed on the point of the shoulder and it just snapped so i was like wow it is amazing isn't it? we were talking about this last night at swimming actually afterwards in the change rooms <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um we were talking about how inside in your head like you feel 16 but you, even though yeah. you're in your 40s your body just can't keep up and it's not like that you're yeah. really old like you said but it is kind of especially if you're doing lots of sports and lots of activity hmm. your body does start to break down it and does it, and it is hard to reconcile that difference between what you want to do and what you what you can do yeah and also i think for me i need to be and i'll use the word kind more kind to my body and more kind to myself because i do do a lot of activity hmm. But it's like, I nearly feel like, oh, why am I not doing like two or three sessions a day? It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're not an elite athlete. You're trying to run a business. Yeah. Do some research on the side. You know, do some other things. Plus, you want to swim to rottenness. And you're beating yourself because you're not training jiu-jitsu like 10 times a week doing <laughs> yoga and lifting weights. And Yeah. You know. You, you got to be realistic about things, you know. And, um, yeah, like, um, you know, playing football, you know, running around thinking that, you know, a f- feeling like you're, you know, in, your, in your mind you're feeling like yeah, you're yeah. 18 but your body keeps trying to tell you hey mate you're not <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're just particularly explosive uh, dynamic movements you're just not as um, the mind might be changing direction really quick but your body's not body's it's not, st- yeah, <laughs> still yeah. a couple of meters behind <laughs> and that's you know that's when you can get cleaned up and that's when you do your injuries and things like that so yeah and my training has changed over the over the last few years you know with the swimming every morning I, I enjoy yoga um, did did a bit of Bikram um, a few months ago. It wasn't really my thing, even though I thought it would be with the heat and the movement yeah, yeah. and stuff. But it wasn't really my thing. But um, but I, st- I still enjoy uh, Bikram, you know, kind of movement flows, that sort of thing. If I'm if I've been sitting down you know, on my laptop for a, you know most of the day, uh, I tend to feel really crap. So I kind of have to get up, set my watch for five minutes, and then just move the yeah, body yeah. through some different ranges of motion, and I feel loads better after that um you know and you just kind of breathe into different posture different positions different postures uh, move through you know and flow through and that sort of thing and feel great um, yeah. particularly it's really good around that afternoon period like kind of about now yeah. <laughs> that kind of 
uh, it's three thirty at the moment. You know, and it's you get that afternoon PM, slump. PM. Yeah, three PM. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be three thirty AM. Although with the puppy, I'm probably up at three thirty AM or at least I, I would be my better up. half is. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, and that's where breath work can fit in as well. If you're feeling you've been sitting on a computer for a while, you know, as I said, the breath, your breathing rate will change and you tend to feel a little bit fatigued. You know, even though you've just been sitting there staring at the screen for hours, you haven't actually done much physical activity because your breathing rate has changed and you're not really oxygenating your brain as much as you could be or as well as you could be. Yeah. Um, you get that really fatigued, brain foggy type feeling. And you can do just a, a simple breath protocol to, to, to fix that and get a little bit more alertness, a little bit, you know, change your, your mental state a little bit. So that's where breath work can fit in as well. Things and, like that. and even in, at night time as well, you know, like a lot of people, have, we have this coming up a lot where people talk about, you know, um, put the kids to bed and then after the kids have gone to bed, sit down with a glass of wine, start answering emails. Respiration rate's going to change. Yep. Cortisol's going to increase. You know, it's going to have this inhibitory effect on melatonin so people can't sleep. So that's mm. where the breath work can be used as an intervention as well about promoting sleep onset and like, like you say, relaxing the body for sleep and yeah, definitely. having a wind down. And I think if you're, if you're doing, and this is why I often say, people like go crazy with the blue light and all that. And I say, look, if I was to pick something, I don't mind just sitting there kind of watching a Netflix show hmm. that's, I don't know, something silly, right? Or you're watching yeah. a comedy show and you're relaxed and you're sitting back and you're spending time with your family and, or your partner. But what I really see, where I really take issue with, is people drinking two or three glasses of wine or two or three scotches answering emails, trying to write business cases, writing an email going, I'm going to answer this dickhead now and tell him what it is. So in the morning when he goes in, he'll know what's what. So you're sitting there intoxicated, creating stress, plus the blue light. And then most people have a laptop on their lap, glass of wine, mobile phone, plus they're watching Netflix as well. While they're sitting in bed. And then, <laughs> I, well, that, happen, that happens too. And then yeah. people go to me, you know, I can't sleep. Yeah. And this is why, this is why you know, I get up after Funny an hour that. and start doing email because I can't sleep. I'm like, that's like saying have a drug problem so I get up and do cocaine <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous to yep. do it you know and people it don't see it doesn't help yeah it doesn't help nah, well my, my other half Carol um, she she used to take you know an hour or so to fall asleep at night she used to say to me like how do you fall asleep like within seconds no questions like, <laughs> she'd be talking to me one minute and the next minute I'd be twitching away because I'd fallen asleep but um, and then she'd take an hour hour and a half to fall asleep but now she does she goes through a breath protocol before she goes to sleep takes a like four minutes maybe um and she doesn't have any problem at all going to sleep now that's related to astrology because you're born the same day as my wife aren't you uh 16th, 16th of february second. Yeah. yeah just make a note of that so yeah so my wife falls asleep straight away when i'm talking to her darling can you <laughs> she's just gone <laughs> like she goes straight asleep so that's astrology that's science is it really i don't yeah. know yeah i don't, don't believe that but, <laughs> <laughs> but um back to the point um <laughs> Listen, this is digression time. <laughs> yeah, but in a, in a couple of weeks ago, she um, she got into bed and, and my breath protocol is longer than her. It's the same type of protocol, but the timings are different. Mine And mine takes about seven minutes because my carbon dioxide tolerance is higher than hers. Um, so her breath protocol takes about three or four minutes, I think. Anyway, I'd, I was going through mine and I noticed that she was still going with hers and I said to her afterwards I said oh did you go through yours twice because no no issue doing that but she'd actually done a done a different one before her pre-bed protocol she'd done a, a breath protocol to kind of calm her down because she'd been feeling a little bit um 
uh, kind of stressed, a little bit annoyed, a little bit agitated as she was kind of getting ready for bed. She'd kind of been rushing around and stuff, getting yeah, things yeah. ready for the next yeah. day. Uh, and then she just kind of decided, I'm going to do one to feel a little bit calmer, then do my pre-bed one um, to then to kind of transition rather than just trying to do one a pre-bed protocol. She did like a transitionary one to get it to that stage. So um, it's it's fascinating the the changes that it can have when you do you know learn to to you know use your breath as a tool yeah yeah and so um apart from the breath work this year um what what's been happening with the sort of strength and conditioning and performance side what have what have you kind of seen this year that's kind of different or what are the learnings for you because you obviously deal with individual athletes yeah deal with groups you do some stuff with the pse guys with um brian and yeah, link, link it in then with the art of breath with Lear and then the, all that kind of linkage in stuff with Laird Hamilton yeah, we, on it, all that so what have you seen new that's coming through uh, good question uh, I mean it's it's often said there's nothing there's nothing really new particularly in the fitness world um, we just find different ways to apply I know, things I Jason Step Aerobics <laughs> <laughs> Reebok they were, that was breakthrough yeah <laughs> um, because nobody had done step ups before. Like, <laughs> it was pretty much a, a military staple back in the day. I think. Like, man, that was so. I remember, my, I remember my dad getting us to do step ups when I was like ten. <laughs> step aerobics. Remember what was the other one? And, um, was it Billy Tybo? What was uh, his name? Uh, Billy, not Billy Banks, was it? Yeah, uh, it? yeah, Billy Billy Blanks. Billy, oh, Billy Banks Blank, or Blanks? Blanks or Banks? Tybo. I don't know. Um, it was Tybo. Step a aerobics. Lovely leotard though. But, yeah. uh, then it was Oz Aerobics. Did you have that here? Did you yeah, have Oz had, Aerobics in Australia? We had Aerobics Oz style first thing, and it was like six o'clock in every morning. It had like the Sydney Harbour Ridge in the background. Yeah, that and was the on, only that reason was on in I, Ireland. Only reason I know that is I used to do night shift um, back in my previous previous life as a police officer, and as we were finishing night shift in a, at a particular station that I worked at, we they always had the, we always had the telly on, the TV on <laughs> in, the, in the office. And you'd be finishing night shift around six o'clock, and all the guys would be like standing around the TV just watching aerobics Oz style, like, not doing it, just watching it, <laughs> waiting for the day shift guys to come on and relieve them. Uh, What's interesting when you look at that that Oz aerobics thing now? I saw a clip somewhere recently. The girls were actually quite heavy in comparison to what girls are like on TV today, and I don't mean they were heavy; they were yeah. just they were just normal looking fit women, fit, yeah, solid, fit and healthy. Like, yeah, muscular. Cause, I mean, yeah. Now women are getting on. They're like, you know, they're like stick pin thin, as uh, yeah. my friend says. <laughs> but, but you know, they weigh about you know yeah. two kilos. Women actually looked healthy and fit. Yeah, and I mean, you look at some of those aerobics um, uh, events, competitions back in the day in the eighties, and that they were nuts. Like the the level of energy, the strength, yeah, the yeah, the power that some of them displayed was just phenomenal. Uh, it was kind of like a you know. It was like, like gymnasts, you know, yeah. it was crazy. It's interesting because, like, I always laugh at yoga because uh, a lot of time I'm the only guy in the room and there is lots of young girls in there who um, are very, very flexible, are very small and very mm. flexible. And a lot of women come in from, like, an Asian background, so are very, very, mo- uh, very flexible and mobile. Yep. So they're very good at kind of impostures. Mm. But when they have to hold a plank for more than 10 seconds, everybody's falling down. And I'm get like, crushed. I'm like... Morphos, I got you all. <laughs> I yeah, and, like that's, <laughs> and, and that's that can be a problem, and and you know that's that can be a problem of having too much mobility and not enough yeah, stability. Yeah, stability, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stability, you know, and if you if all you do is just push yourself into these poses all the time and and crank on your joints, it's not particularly healthy. You know, extremes of anything aren't healthy. Mm. You know, so I mean that's that's an issue I have is I'm, I tend to be hypermobile. That's why I 
tend to get injured a lot, so I have to spend a lot of time working on stability um, because, you know, I, I tend to dislocate things or do ligaments and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I've got to spend a lot of time on stability work. Stability work. Yeah. Anyway, we went down about five digressions there. The question I think yeah. I asked originally was, what, what's kind of new this year that you've seen? Um, step aerobics. <laughs> yeah, step aerobics is definitely not new. Um, not something we're delving into. But, but I would say um, just utilising the breath um, as a uh, in any performance to gauge your intensity is, mm. is a good is a it's a great tool for gauging your intensity um, because you'll get to a point where you can't maintain uh, nasal breathing all the time uh, and you'll have to switch to you know a, a nasal inhale and a mouth exhale to blow off carbon dioxide you know as the acidity in the body increases as the, you know the carbon dioxide increases that sort of thing. Um, and then you get to a point where the intensity is at such a, such a point where you have to start breathing in through your mouth as well. And it's all about that, balancing up the blood chemistry in, in the body, uh, the, the O2, CO2. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing that um, we've been seeing is people playing with that, people learning how to do that, um, and always relate it back to driving a, a manual transmission car. Um, it's, you know, I don't... I don't believe you actually drive an auto car. You know, you just steer. <laughs> it's not really driving. <laughs> but, yeah, so using your breath uh, and, and uh, Rob um, Wilson, who you've had on the on the podcast before, he, he developed the um, the breathing gears, uh, part of an energy system control program that we got with Power Speed Endurance. Uh, and the breathing gears, just like the gears on a car, you know, you, you change gears um, in relation to the energy demands of the task or in... You know, in the case of a car, in relation to the, the demands of the, the traffic around you or the demands of the vehicle, you know, so yeah. as you speed up, you change gears, and by doing that, it's more efficient. So if you've got a car that's only got one gear, or you don't know if you ever had to ride a single-speed bike, you know, it takes a lot of energy. Mm. <laughs> so if you've got a car that's only got one gear, it's either going to be redlining or it's it's going to be going very slow. And likewise with your body, if you've only got one gear, you're going to be either redlining or you're going to have to drop your pace. Mm. Um, you know, if you like, like if you say to someone, I'll oh, just just go at seventy percent effort on this one. Most people have no idea what that means, and most people will just relate it back to heart rate, um, which which you know is not that accurate. You know, we've we've you know, and myself can can operate up to around about ninety percent of max heart rate on the old you know two twenty minus your age thing um, with nasal breathing only. You know, which is so it's you know, aerobic activity. Um, whereas, you know, going by heart rate, that's no longer aerobic activity. <laughs> Do you find that similarly, that some ways, like, the whole exercise, fitness, strength conditioning thing, recovery as well, is, like, too cumbersome now to manage? There's so many things. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago. There's all these different things. Like, everybody will tell you, like, you should be doing Olympic weightlifting two or three times a week, kettlebells, body weight, yoga, hmm. flexibility... Then you should be do. Then you should be doing your technique like jujitsu or running or whatever it might be, or aerobic activity on top of that. Plus, on the recovery side, you should have this app cycle on your phone. You should be wearing this activity monitor to measure your sleep cycles. You should be wearing these socks um, at this time of the day. You should have these big, you know, um, compression things on your leg that inflate to reduce or vasodilate. Just going on compression stuff and this and this. And then there's diet and nutrition, and you should be a vegan, you should be a paleo, you should be. It's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Do I have to measure every. Like, 
and everybody goes but it just takes five minutes a day well guess what all them five minutes fucking add up, <laughs> add up. and those exactly. five minutes become two or three hours yeah. just do ten minutes writing most CEOs read 90 books a year like fuck me <laughs> I, if I was to do all this stuff I couldn't have a job no that's right you, you, you can't have a life if you do all that stuff either and if you spend and, and the thing we talk about a lot with, with power speed endurance is um, tuning into yourself tuning into your own body and, yeah. and having an actual awareness of how you feel rather than you know, you're, you're running along checking your, your, your watch all the time you know, for you know, how fast you're going what, so you can't actually feel how fast you're going or what your pace is or, you know, you watch beeping at you because you're going too slow. And it's, so, and yeah, I mean, that's... To, run to feel. Yeah, that's where the... And that, that's where the breath comes into it as well. If you're focusing on your breath, you're not worried about all the other stuff as well. And your breath will tell you whether yeah. you're going too fast or going too slow or whether you can pick it up. Um, and, and, you know, people look at, you know, the different metrics for whether they should train today. Or, you know, my heart rate variability says I need to take a rest day. And it's like, well, how do you actually feel? You know, and your heart rate variability might say that now, but you know, can you can you change that in some way by can you you know meditate for ten minutes or do some breath work or whatever and, and or maybe check train your heart- in the evening as opposed, yeah. as opposed to the morning or check the time your heart rate have have a nap during the day yeah, and yeah. then check your heart rate variability after that and that might you might be able to train later. But there's a there's then, a huge there's a huge variability with heart rate variability yeah, too. Ex- exactly, way. that's everything as well. Like <laughs> exactly. people like this finger over the camera on the phone. Yeah, and I, I know there's validation and so on, but there's a huge amount of variation as well. Like there is bactigraphy trackers around physical, um, you know, performance in terms of sleep or distance yep. run or distance walked or all these things. They're just generic things, and I think people mm. are so hung up on all the data and the metrics. Like every time I do a talk in the sort of fitness area or even in businesses, whatever it might be, people are absolutely <laughs> hung up on apps and trackers. <laughs> And what to do and not to do. And, yeah. I, and I don't mean like, oh, give me some guidance and principles. But it's like, I want this go or no go thing. I want the one answer. And if it doesn't meet what I want it to meet, then they're like highly pissed off. And it's mm. like, guys, human body is far more complex than just, you know, this is on and this is off. Yeah. And everybody follows that and everybody's fine. Yep. And, and the, thing, the thing is, is that the reason it's like that is because people make money from that. It's an industry. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's I'm the fitness industry, there's there, the biohacking industry, there's the nutrition industry, there's yeah. the wellness industry, and there's all this sort of stuff. And you know, I, you know, I'm part of it. You know, and, and I, I, I think a lot about: um, Am I being part of the problem, or am I being part of the solution? Like, am I just uh, even when I post things on social media, I'm like, am I just putting more information out there, more shit out there that people just don't need? Um, and you know, and that's what, like I said, that's why we try and focus people a lot on um, awareness. You know, you know, I'll, I'll say to people, I you know, do breath work when I'm in the in the sauna, and they're like, oh, what what app do you use for that? And I'm like, my, my nose, <laughs> my my brain and nose. Yeah, my my lungs and my nose and you know my brain. Where did you bite him? Which one? And, and I'll be like, yeah, and I'll do like a you know a a four four twelve protocol, and they're like, oh. How do you time that? I'm like, I just fucking count in my head. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't have to be exact. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and when I do, like, you know, the, the 20 breaths and I count backwards and people are like, oh, you know, why 20? Like, I don't know. It was just a number I pulled out of my, my ass. And, oh, you know, um, is that through your nose? And I'm like, yep. You know, and they're like, oh, do you do, like, 
super ventilation is wish like fast breathing you know do you do that in the sauna and i'm like no because you'd burn pass the crap out. out of your nose <laughs> and potentially <laughs> like, pass out yeah but <laughs> sucking in hot air through mm. your nose is not a good idea uh you'd like you light your nose on fire but um yeah people people always want to they kind of want to be told exact what do i what do i have to do what exactly what do i need to do um you know we'll, we'll post something on we'll post something on uh we'll post something on social media and it'll be you know the there'll be a picture of you know like a, an app or something or a heart rate on a chart um but that's just used to make to make a point in yeah, the actual yeah. caption and the first question or there'll be like 10 questions like what app was that what app are you using for that it's like that's not the point of the post <laughs> <laughs> i got that a few weeks ago on twitter i put up a picture going big sleep last night because i think like i got up on saturday morning and swam about six k's and then saturday night i was pretty it's pretty wrecked. And more Saturday nights, I'm pretty wrecked. And so I got to bed around 8 o'clock on a Saturday night and I, I slept like, I think, 11 and a half hours. And I put the picture of the bedtime thing on the iPhone. Yeah. And loads of people, what app is that? I'm like, <laughs> iPhone alarm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's free. Everyone's got I feel, like saying, I feel like saying, send me $50 and I'll send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's the Dunnikin app. Um, but that, and that's the thing. Like that's, and that's one of my biggest pieces of advice to people is, is try and tune into how you're feeling yeah, yeah. Um, try and bring an awareness to how you're feeling and that doesn't mean like exercising but you know if you're feeling sleepy at night go to bed really right? <laughs> it's like, wow you know it's it's um so justin you know, wait now let me just get this right you're <laughs> saying that people are tired they should sleep <laughs> funnily enough yeah wow. turn, what turn, happens if they're hungry eat <laughs> <laughs> God, this is revolutionary science brought to you like, again in 2019. You know, I'll, I'll, I often won't eat till lunchtime. You know, I'll often won't have breakfast. So people will always ask me, oh, so do you do, you do intermittent fasting? I'm like, no, I just eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jason. Really? You know, I, didn't eat, I didn't eat today until um, just before you came. So it was about you know, 2, 2.30. Yeah. I wasn't doing that for any particular health benefits. Mm. I just wasn't hungry this morning. and. It's interesting because I actually, when I'm not training for something, I do the same. I just basically eat, eat when I'm hungry. Yep. But when I'm training now, because I find swimming so depleting because I'm not yeah. so good at it, my carb-to-protein ratio roughly was one is to one. And I actually can't perform very well personally on a low-carbohydrate yeah. diet for endurance activities. Now, when I'm talking about endurance activities, I'm talking about training for a 20K swim. I'm talking yeah. about running a 100K run. But when I'm not training, I got no... Not saying I'm not training, because I always train, but when I'm not in a training program specific, I can get away with that. Mm. And that's what I tend to do. But when I'm training, I tend to have to be able to replace those glycogen stores pretty yeah. quick after training, because if I don't, it just leads on. And then I get really tired really quickly, and then yeah. I train and start suffering. So I was getting into the stage where every two or three weeks, I was having one or two sessions where it was like crash and burn, I couldn't keep up. Mm. Start working on my carbohydrate protein ratio. Guess what? Performance, yeah, back up. You yeah, know? definitely. If, if you're if you're training for something, you know, if you've if you've had a big swim in the morning, um, you know, and then you don't eat until lunchtime, come three four o'clock, you're going to hit a wall. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you see, so you definitely need to you need to fuel your performance. You know, but I'm not training for anything, so I just kind of go by feel. And train for life, pretty much, <laughs> and, and that's that's what my training reflects as well. You know, my strength and conditioning training. Mm. Uh, I actually follow the, the PSC program, um, which can be a bit of a trap because I program it myself as well. So <laughs> it's never a good idea to follow your own program. So what but would you be doing in terms of, let's say, 
conditioning, strength and conditioning throughout the week and conditioning including, you know, aerobic conditioning and so on. What would yep. be your typical week of exercise? Uh, so, I, I mean, swimming every morning, but I don't really class that as my exercise. It's just part of my... My, it's more like meditation. I was going to say, it's only like a meditation. It's, for you, it's more it? like yeah. a practice for yeah, me yeah. than a than a than training, or, or even though it is exercise. Uh, and then my training Aqua is. Aqua Buddhist. <laughs> yeah. And then my training is um, typically three strength and conditioning sessions a week. So, as in, that'll that'll be kind of an hour long max, where I'll I'll do a couple of lifts, barbell lifts, kettlebell lifts, that sort of thing. Um, tend, tends to be low reps, um, heavier weight. And then I'll do a, a like a CrossFit type wad, um, a conditioning piece that might be yeah. anywhere from kind of ten to fifteen minutes, uh, and then I'll um, throw in a couple of extra um, what we call aerobic efficiency sessions as well, typically on the rower or the assault bike. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd like to run, but I'm not running at the moment. I've got an Achilles issue um, that I've been dealing with for months <laughs> i'd much prefer to break a bone than have a tendon issue they're a nightmare oh, yeah. um you know broke my collarbone it's good to go again after a few weeks i went back to swimming after like two weeks just swimming one armed really it was uh yeah i just thought i'd give it a crack yeah, put, yeah. put my fins on yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. turned just water, rolled, yeah. rolled over one arm it was good yeah. um yeah so the aerobic efficiency sessions are typically on like an assault bike or um you know, a stationary bike or a, a rower and they'll be you know I might do an interval session and they'll be they'll be based around the breath as well so it could be something like uh, five by two minutes with um, resting until my heart rate drops to a certain level um, in between or until I get back to um, a certain number of nasal breaths like relaxed nasal breaths yeah, yeah. that's how I'd prefer to do it until I get that that breath sorted and then go into the next interval or I might do some longer intervals. They might be, you might do uh, three by 15 minutes um, on the bike, something like that, or two by 15 minutes, two by 20 minutes, that sort of thing. Or I might just do one longer kind of sustained effort of um, you know, 30, 45 minutes, that sort of thing. Uh, again, just focusing on the breath, you know, something like you could do uh, 20 minutes on a stationary bike, taking one nasal breath every five seconds as in inhale exhale every five seconds um which sounds easy but um we put some fairly high level athletes through that and they've said it's one of the hardest workouts they've ever done because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they just want to because the ego gets in the way as well you just want to go harder and faster yeah, but yeah. you can't because that the breath's going to uh slow you down big time but it's it's a really good one for developing your aerobic efficiency uh, that is how you how well you utilize oxygen and um, so we're coming up upon the Christmas period, where it's a great time for people to get fat and merry and drunk. Um, <laughs> and stressed. And stressed. Do you have any sort of tips, tricks that people might be able to follow over the Christmas to sort of keep them on the uh, even keel? Yep. And then also, what may what would be some good things they could do to get themselves kick-started in 2020? The old news resolutions. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody it's, you know, it's a good time to, for people, I think, to re- a lot of times, like I find over Christmas, I... I actually increase my activity because of that whole overeating thing. But also I find it's a very good time with a break from work to, and I'm probably lucky where I don't have lots of family here. So my, my mm-hmm. wife and I get a lot of time to kind of have a bit of downtime together. Yeah. So we do a lot of reflection on the year and then what's for next year. So it's yeah. actually a good time for us to, to reflect. kind of hit the reset button. That's, that's what I like about Christmas now. Yeah. Um, I'm not into the whole pageantry of Christmas, but I like the fact that it's nearly like a forced break because all the work, mm. work stuff closes down. My wife and I generally get to spend some time together, do a bit of extra swimming in the ocean go for a few more coffees, sleep in, 
you know, watch some shitty movies and <laughs> just have a bit of a laugh, really, and just spend some time together. But it's also a lot of reflection on the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, probably the biggest tip is to try and, for people to try and maintain their their training. You know, if, if they train three times a week, try and continue training three times a week, even if it's not your regular training session because you might be traveling or whatever try and get your workout in still um, try and keep that normal as much as possible um, as far as eating goes if you know you're going to go to a christmas lunch or christmas dinner or you've got a function on either don't turn up hungry have something to eat before you turn before you go because um, it's the same as if you grocery shop when you're hungry you pretty much buy the entire shop yeah, yeah. and everything that's on special um, you're like, oh it's on special i'll grab that you know 10 pack of Kit Kats or whatever it might be um, so yeah don't don't rock up to any of your Christmas dinners lunches functions hungry or alternatively um, if you know you've got that coming up a bit of pre-planning if you've got say a Christmas dinner coming up don't eat as you normally would during the day maybe have a source of protein whether it be a protein shake or a um, couple of eggs or whatever in the morning again at lunch and that way you're kind of creating a bit of a calorie surplus and that you can then, you know, go for your, go for your life at, at dinner time and just you know eat, drink, yeah, be yeah. merry, have fun, and and not have to worry about you know porking out because you've 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 eaten as you normally would. So you've already eaten all your you, you know the amount of calories that you ordinarily would, and then you're eating kind of double the amount of calories that night. So you've pretty much doubled your calorie intake for the day. Um, so you know you can you can do that, or you can just don't worry about it <laughs> just have fun but just be aware that if you're overindulging then it's going to have a flow-on effect mm. um if you just like if you're just doing it once like if you exceed what you would normally eat in calories in on one day it's not really going to have a massive effect if you do that day after day after day it, it will but if you just do it once or twice during the christmas period probably not going to make a difference um so don't stress about it too much. <laughs> um, uh, what else is there? Uh, getting getting back into things in the new year. Try and get back into your into your regular routine as quickly as possible. Um, don't let things lag on. The longer you leave things, the, the harder it's going to be to get back into it. And and if you've had say a couple of weeks off um, your normal training, don't jump straight back into things where you left off dial things back a bit so if you know if you lift weights for instance don't go back at the same weights that you left off at just drop them down a few kilos because um, that's a it's a really good way to get injured <laughs> is to is to have a break from training and then go back at the same level of volume mm. you know if you're a runner same thing applies you know if your your weekly volume was was x and you go but you have a couple of weeks off and you go back and you try and pick it up at that again you know, it's not not particularly good for your body. Increase your likelihood of getting injured. So, dial it back a touch, and then build it back up again. And finally, Jason, for 2020, what's your area of focus going to be in terms of your own, let's say, professional development around the area of health and fitness, strength conditioning, recovery? What are, what are you going to look at the next year? What's the kind of what's the thing that's on on your player of interest? Uh, personally, um, sort out this Achilles issue that I've been having. Okay. <laughs> so that's, a, that's an ongoing saga so I can get back to running because um, I'd like to get back to running you know, at least a couple of times a week, do a few of the, um, the trail events. Um, I did, did the uh, winter series a couple of years ago and really yep. enjoyed that. So I want to get back to doing that. And um, 
and hopefully tick, a, tick an ultra off the bucket list. Um, been training for the Avon Descent as well. Oh, okay. um, so what's is, the Avon Descent? Avon Descent's a 124-kilometre whitewater uh, event. Uh, has a number of different categories, so you can. Um, there's a powerboat category, which is kind of cheating in my books. <laughs> there's a you know, there's kayak, uh, different couple of different types of kayak, um, surf ski. Um, there's even I think you can even do it on a stand-up paddleboard these days. Um, but yeah, that goes from uh, from Northam, which is about an hour hour and a half out of Perth, down to down to Perth itself, uh, held over two days in August. So um, I've never paddled before, um, but um, just been one of those things that I kind of wanted to do. So I, um, a couple, a few months ago, went and did a um, a full day skill training session with a with a guy from um, Western Paddle Sports, uh, Dave, who's really good. There's a there's a plug, uh, <laughs> and because I, I, I want to learn the skill of, of yeah, paddling yeah, yeah. before throwing myself into a. So you're gonna you know, do it as a solo kayaker. Yeah, gonna do it as a solo kayaker. Can you do doubled kayak? Or? You can. Yeah. yeah, you can do doubles as well. Yeah. Um, you, you're interested in that, are you? <laughs> no, no, just yeah. uh, so just wondering why they call it different categories. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a bunch of different categories. So, um, it, it it has been um, a massive event, like on the Perth kind of calendar. It's kind of tapered off the last few years a bit because it relies heavily on the water levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we don't get a lot of rain over winter then the water levels just aren't there just walking over rocks and it's yeah it's not a great event so it was was huge back in like the 80s and stuff when i was growing up so that's kind of where my interest kind of peaked with that so um so yeah i'm i'm paddling at the moment i'm only paddling once a week um but in the new year that'll that'll definitely ramp up when i actually buy myself a, a kayak i've been using dave's from western paddle sports um but when i actually purchase myself uh, my own kayak and gear and stuff like that training will definitely ramp up for that um so between that and running uh and then just continuing my regular routine it's kind of where i'll stay is that a helicopter sounds like the battle of britain yeah. out there <laughs> you're coming on the western flank take them down <laughs> yes sir scramble all the what do they call dog fight spitfires yes the spitfires scramble the spitfires they actually uh Janica Airport changed one of their flight paths back in September and sent it straight over our house. So, mm. yeah, it's a bit of a bugbear. <laughs> Particularly Pro- when I'm... Pro- property price of plummeted. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fortunately, we rent, so we don't care. <laughs> so, Avon Descent next year? Yeah, Avon Descent. That's, that's the plan anyway. Uh, see how I go. Yeah. Um, anything could happen between now and August. Um, but, yeah, that running doing what I normally do uh, continuing stuff with um, power speed endurance that's because that's pretty much my full-time job uh, is doing all that stuff um, and uh, I'm doing some study at the moment as well um, around uh, coaching um, particularly a uh, lot like coaching people with nutrition lifestyle choices that sort of thing so because um, obviously I've coached for, for a long time for over a decade now but there's not a lot of um, not a lot of things or training personal development and professional development out there on the actual field of coaching itself unless you go and do like a life coaching course or something like that um but yeah i'm doing that uh the level two through precision nutrition at the moment uh, which is a canadian company i believe um founded by dr john barati well i do believe he's sold it on sold that now but he's still involved but um yeah, so doing the I did the level one a couple of years ago, and now doing the level two, which is really focused on the the, the how of coaching, 
and that sort of thing, finding that pretty, um, it's kind of a 12 month uh, course mentorship thing, which uh, getting a lot of value with, value from at the moment. Excellent. So that's great, Jason. I don't take up too much more of your time. As you said, it's Friday afternoon and the uh, planes are about to land. <laughs> um, I've also left Jason a copy of this book, which we've advertised in a podcast before and a former guest as well, Dr. Mark Bubbs, his book called Peak Health, Nutrition, Recovery, Mindset. Love those tags. The new science of <laughs> athletic performance that is revolutionizing sports. So Mark Bubbs, um, like I said, he was on the podcast recently. I was on his podcast. He was also on the Ben Greenfield podcast, um, if you follow that. And on the Ben Greenfield podcast, he actually spoke about my work. So that's why I'm giving him a plug. Um, so I'm giving this nice book plug. to Jason today. Um, and a nice little Melia's consulting hat. And the reason I mentioned that is... Um, it's tax deduction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I mention that is because if you are looking for some good books or some Christmas presents or you want to try and, you know, inspire somebody to get up and do some stuff in the new year, maybe this book, Peak, would be good. Because one good thing about Mark is he covers the whole range or the whole gamut of the fitness um, area, not just about, you know, blasting yourself every single day and provides mm. a lot of good information there as well. He's um, he's also tailored, kind of incorporated or tailored the book around podcast guests scientific information and also his experience dealing with elite athletes because he works with like the men's basketball team in Canada and so on so mm. if you want to uh, check out that book Peak uh, maybe check that out uh, looking for forward to diving or, into it or buy it for a Christmas present yeah the bad thing about when I give that book to people is people go oh god that was a few pages and I just kept reading your name <laughs> sorry about that sorry <laughs> sorry for knowing my shit <laughs> um, how dare you <laughs> uh, how dare you excellent alright so yeah We'll uh, leave it there. Thanks very much, Jason. Thank you. So that episode was with Jason Donaldson. As always, you can contact me at Ian Dunigan at sleepforperformance.com.au. You can follow us on Twitter at Sleep for Perform, Instagram at Sleep for Perform, or Facebook Sleep for Performance. And check out the website sleepforperformance.com.au. We've got lots of good stuff in the works for next year. Um, lots of good things happening. Some ebooks coming out. So we'll have some free webinars once a quarter. More blogs coming out. And it's all free. So make sure you check it out. Okay. Thank you for your attention this year in 2019. Thank you for tuning into all these episodes. Really appreciate the feedback. And if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes and give us a rating. Okay. Until next time, sleep well. <laughs>